So I wanted to talk about water baptism. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Water baptism is a very powerful experience as a Christian. Amen. I mean, there's something powerful about water baptism. I want to talk about the importance of it according to the Word of God and give you some key points that you might have questions on and hopefully they get answered here today. But the Word of God talks about three baptisms. Say three. Three. Number one, when you get born again, you are baptized into the body of Christ. You are set into, you are placed into the body of Christ. Uh, Secondly, it talks about water baptism. And last of all, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So there are three baptisms. So when, you, when you're reading through the Word and you see it talks about baptism, find out what one's it talking about, right? Okay, so water baptism is a physical act, action, but there's something powerful taking place spiritually on the inside and around us when it's happen, uh, happening. The first thing you need to know about water baptism is this, is that Jesus Christ himself commanded us to do it. Jesus commanded. It's not an option based on your comfort zone. Say, say, get out of here, comfort zone. Come on. It's not an option based on your comfort zone. The command comes from Jesus himself, who you call Lord. Who you call Lord, okay? So if you can't obey that command and get water baptized, well, chances are you're probably going to have problem with obedience in other areas of the Christian life, right? Is that probably safe to say? All right, so this is a test. Hello, somebody. It's a test of your obedience. But anytime we do an act of obedience to the Word of God, how many of you know there is spiritual significance and a blessing attached to it? There always is. See, Jesus just doesn't waste time when he tells us to do something. There's something important about it. Amen? Now, Matthew 28, look at 18 through 20 here. Jesus, I want to show you and prove to you that Jesus himself gave the command. Y'all got real quiet when I started talking about don't vote Democrat. I'm just saying. I've never heard a pastor say that before. No, you have. Amen. Right here at Living Waters Chapel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's the truth. They're taking this country down the hole, people. Socialism, communism, it's evil. Amen? All right, here we go. So, Matthew 28. 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, which includes water baptism. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus commanded us to make disciples. He commanded us to water baptize them and to teach them the word of God and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there's, <laughs> there's a lot of arguments in the body of Christ. Do you baptize them in the, name of the, in the name of Jesus only? Do you do it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I'm going to go with what Jesus said right here. 
in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But here's what I want to say about it. The action itself is more important than the word that's spoken over it. Your obedience to do the action is what counts. Are you hearing me? All right. So let's start with this. Who then can be water baptized? Number one, any person that has become born again by putting their faith in Jesus Christ is eligible to be water baptized. A person must choose by their own free will, not forced by a parent, not forced by a family member to do it or by anybody else. They must choose to do it by their own free will. Amen. If someone is forced to do it, it's a dead work. It means nothing. The person's heart must be into it. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. This is not going to be a long teaching here, so don't worry. We'll get you out there to the food. Amen? All right. Acts two thirty-seven. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all uh, to all who are afar off as many as the Lord God, our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. You think that this generation is a little perverse right now, right? Be saved from it. Amen. Then those who, here it is, those who gladly received his word were baptized. And and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Now, I want you to notice that the people were cut to the heart. And they gladly received the word of God. There was a change that took place on the inside of them. Amen? This was, this was not a, just a dead religious work for them. It cut them right to who they were, right to the heart. And, you know, and we know there was major change. We know they were cut to the heart because it says it. But there's proof of that because it said that they, uh, they continued into the apostles' doctrine, right? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship. Hello, what's that called? Church, come on, somebody. And in the breaking of bread, communion, and eating together, fellowship, amen. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and prayer. So they were cut to the heart, and it says, man, there's proof here because they continued in it. Say continued in it. It wasn't something that just changed them for a moment. Oh, I'm all excited about this gospel message, right? And then they don't continue with Jesus. No, it says they continued in the doctrine of the apostles. Amen? They were committed disciples of Jesus Christ. And a person that has truly been born again uh, and changed will not put up a fight with Jesus' command to be water baptized. If someone puts up a fight about water baptism, I question if you're even born again. Come on, somebody. After all, you did just confess Jesus as Lord, Lord, right? That means he's the boss. 
He is now your Lord. He calls the shots in your life. And when he tells you to do something, it's yes, sir, that's good enough for me. Amen? That's what it truly means to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you're not at, at that point, you got to do some soul searching. Amen? But getting water baptized without that change on the inside of you, it'll just cause you to come out of that water as a wet sinner. Are you following me? And there's no change in the heart. So getting water baptized, by the way, I want to throw this out at you. Getting water baptized does not save you. Getting water baptized does not save an individual. Only faith in Jesus Christ, faith in his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead is going to save you. And that's what reserves your spot in heaven. Are you following me? Now, there's proof of this, that water baptism does not save you. Because remember when Jesus was on the cross, the thief declared his, his faith, his belief in Jesus that was right next to him on the cross. And he said, today, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't have an opportunity to get off that cross and get baptized, water baptized. Are you following me? It was his faith, his faith that saved him. So... You, you just got to know that, that, you know, hey, if someone's on their deathbed, they confess Christ, they make him Lord, guess what? That person's going to heaven. Oh, but he's got to get water baptized. No, they don't. You following me? No, 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 they don't. All right. So, um, but here's what I do want to say. All right. Unless you're hanging on a cross and you are able to get water baptized, do it. Because it still is a command. And there's something, there's something so spiritual about it. I remember when I got water baptized, man, I'll tell you what, when I went down, and, and I'm going to talk about more about what it means, but when I went under the water and back up, I felt changed. I felt different because I put the command of Jesus into action in my life. And anytime you do that, you're going to be changed on the inside. Amen. Go to Acts chapter 8 with me. Acts chapter 8. And by the way, if you want to be water baptized today, even if you didn't come up to me last week, you can get water baptized today. Amen? So it's open. The kiddie pool's ready for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? All right. Acts chapter 8, 34 through 38. And it says, So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? I'm glad he asked that question, aren't you? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, meaning if you believe in Jesus Christ with all your heart, you may. There it is. That's the requirement right there. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. So the requirement to get saved, right, is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Believe the gospel message with your whole heart, right? That's the requirement to get water baptized. Well, 
because of this biblical requirement to get water baptized, does anybody know where I'm going with this now? Are you ready? Spiritual seatbelt. Here it is. Infant baptism. The baptism of a child that's incapable of making Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior is unscriptural and not valid water baptism. It's just not. Now, you, you got to say, I know it's stepping on, on some toes and denominational toes, but the, it's very clear. What hinders me from being baptized? If you believe in Jesus Christ with your whole heart. I don't know about you. Well, I grew up in a de- denomination that believes in, in infant baptism. I don't know about you, but I, I had no clue I was doing it. I was probably filling my diaper when it was being done. But regardless what I was doing, I had no idea what was going on. I, could, I didn't choose it myself. Amen? An infant or a child, what's biblical is, is an infant or a child getting dedicated to the Lord. Now that's biblical, but not water baptism yet. They got to grow up a little bit, right? They got to be able to make their own decision. Now, I want you to notice in the last passage I read, it said they went down into the water. The very definition of baptism is full immersion. Say full immersion. Full immersion into something, not a sprinkle. There's not, in fact, I challenge you, look, look through the Word of God. Any, any verse that has to do with water baptism, you will not find a sprinkle, not a little devil do you kind of a thing. You won't find a sprinkle anywhere in connection to water baptism. Why? Because it's full immersion. Amen? When Jesus was baptized, it says he went under the water. Full immersion. So if you were sprinkled as an infant... It wasn't biblical water baptism. And guess what? Pastor James is here to tell you, you need to get water baptized now. Yeah, but, but mom and dad said it was, I don't care what mom and dad said. Yeah, but my pastor, when I was growing up, said, I don't care what he said. Is it in line with the word of God? Amen? A person, I mean... Yeah, there's another piece of evidence. Everywhere you read about water baptism, it was full immersion. If anybody's going to start doing this to infants, I'm calling CPS on you right now. Anybody? <laughs> now, a person can be water baptized immediately after becoming born again. There is no waiting period. Amen? You will notice in all the accounts in the book of Acts where it talks about water baptism, it was an immediate instruction from the early church. I don't know about you, but I have a heart. I, I, I don't, what do you guys think? I, I have a heart. I want to go back to the early church. Why did it ever change? It shouldn't change. The book of Acts should be happening now. Amen? I want to go back to the early church. In every instruction, immediately when someone got born again, what was it? You got to get baptized. Come on. Let's go to some water. You need to get baptized now. You got to get, right? There is no waiting period. Go to Acts chapter 16. You getting anything out of this? Acts chapter 16. The, The... Word of God says that the tradition of man makes the word of God of no effect in your life. 
we got to stick with the word. Get rid of the denominal tradition, traditions of man-made tradition, right? Any kind of, it doesn't have to be denominational. We make up our own stuff. We're pretty good at making up our own stuff, aren't we? All right? So, at 16, 29 through 34. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were in prison. They were praising God. Prison doors open. They left. The jailer comes. See, the doors were open. He's freaking out, right? He's thinking, man, I'm going to get killed for this, right? Because I'm supposed to be watching them. And they left. So now this jailer's all freaked out, all right? And he brought them out and said, sirs, uh, well, hold on here. Yeah, then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? That same jailer said, I want to be saved. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Notice it doesn't say believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be water baptized and you'll be saved. Believe your faith. It's your faith in Christ is what saves you. Amen. But don't belittle the importance of water baptism. Then they spoke. Uh, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into the house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his whole household. So this was such an event. This was such an impact. It had even impacted not just the jailer, but the whole family. We're going to start to see that again. Amen? Let your fire that the Holy Ghost has given you, let it shine around family and everybody. Amen? The fire of the Holy Ghost is contagious. Amen? All right, now... So notice, though, they were baptized immediately. By the way, it's never too late to be water baptized. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter. It's better late than never. God will reward your obedience to the Word. Now um, now go to uh, Acts 19, just down the road here a little. Acts 19. Getting just ready to finish this thing up here. Acts 19, it says, verse 1, and it, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We, we, not, we have not so much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into them, what were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said to them, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. Now, here's what we got. We got a group of 12 uh, disciples. It says disciples. So they were believers, but they had limited knowledge of who Jesus was, right? And they surely were clueless about Pentecost, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They had no idea that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was available, right? So they got water baptized after learning more about Jesus, right? And then they received the Holy Spirit baptism. I want you to notice a couple of things in this one account. Number one, it's acceptable to get re 
water baptized if you feel led to do so. There have been times where I've, met, I've baptized people more than one time. They, you know, they got baptized a long time ago. They backslid. They live like the devil. They come back, rededicate their life to the Lord, and they want to seal the deal again. Lord, it's kind of like a husband and wife renewing the vows. You understanding me? So it, it's, not, it's not wrong to get baptized again. So if you did it a long time ago and you say, you know, Lord, I'm in a different place spiritually, spiritually with you. I feel closer to you. I want to seal this thing again. Amen? There's nothing wrong with getting rewater baptized. Um, so, uh, you know, they wanted to rededicate. The second point I wanted to point out here in this account is that the 12 people received the Holy Spirit baptism immediately after getting water baptized. How many, you see, here's the deal. There was no waiting period after them getting water baptized. Here's the deal. How many of you look at, <laughs> I used to, how many of you look at the Holy Spirit baptism is an is a advanced thing? It wasn't in the book of Acts. It was the basic. It was basic, you know, because the, many in the church make it an advanced thing. Well, okay, we'll get you water baptized. But you know what? Just kind of take your time. You know, uh, maybe in a year or two, we'll, we'll introduce you to the Holy Ghost baptism. Not according to the early church. They get water baptized, they're filled right there. They're baptized with the Holy Ghost right on the spot. Now, Jesus also received the Holy Spirit baptism immediately when he came out of the water. Remember that? It said the Holy Ghost came upon him like a dove. But I want you to notice something here. Go to Acts chapter 10. This is my last passage and we're done. Acts chapter 10. But there was an account where people received the Holy Spirit baptism before being water baptized. Don't try to put God in a box. Are you following me? Don't put God in a box. If he wants you to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit before getting dunked, you will get the Holy Ghost. So here we go. Here's the biblical proof of that. Acts 10, verse 44. And it says these words. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon. Remember, when you got saved, when you got born again, the Holy Spirit comes within. The Holy Spirit, it's where he comes upon you. The Holy Spirit baptism, he, you are immersed in him. Amen? The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Listen to this. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water? water baptism, that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked him to stay for a few days. So we know they received the Holy Spirit baptism because it says they were speaking in tongues. They're prophesying. You, you can't speak in tongues unless you receive the Holy Spirit baptism first. Amen. To end it this way, to wrap this whole teaching up. So I answered some important questions in the beginning. To end this, why is water baptism so important for the Christian? You ready for this? 
Water baptism is a public outward testimony that a personal inward faith in Jesus Christ has changed your life. He's not ashamed. He wasn't ashamed of you to hang up on that cross. You ought not be ashamed of him to get water baptized in public. Are you following me? You are not ashamed of Jesus Christ when he is your Lord. It's evidence. Water baptism is evidence of an inner change that has already occurred in the believer's life when you got born again. Water baptism identifies you, the Christian, with the message of the gospel. I love this. It associates, listen, the Christian with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It signifies the believer's death. Here we go. It signifies the believer's death to the old life and sinful nature and his or her resurrection as a new creation in Christ. That's what it signifies. When you go under the water, it's signifying his death. You come out, it's saying, I'm, uh, I'm being resurrected. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm going to leave that sinful nature in that water. I'm going to leave it in the past. This is a new day, baby. Are you hearing me? I'm being resurrected because I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's a declaration of your faith. Listen. Not only in the natural realm to people, but also to the spirit realm to the enemy. There is something powerful about water baptism. It's such a powerful experience that something changes on the inside of you because of your obedience to Jesus' command. So I just want to encourage you, if you want to get water baptized today, we'll stay as long as you want to get it done. I want to encourage you, take the step and be obedient to Jesus' command. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this service. Wow, I feel your presence in here. Lord God, I believe we truly did have a revival experience today because you were here. You are moving. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. If, If that's you, Do it today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. In other words, you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. So if you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, come up to this altar. And I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Let's have a new birthday. Maybe you're one where, you know what? You you were saved a long time ago. Or you grew up in church and you think that's good enough. But today you want to rededicate your life. It just... It hit home. It hit home today. Amen? It hit differently today. That's the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart. If you want to rededicate your life, come to the altar today. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism you, with the evidence of speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. If you want to step into, I'm telling you, a new realm in the Christian walk, I want you to come forward and we're going to pray to receive the Holy Spirit baptism today. Amen? Hallelujah. And if you have any prayer, you need healing, emotional, physical, you need prayer for anything else, a family member, we're going to be here. I will stay up here as long as possible. But thank you, Lord, for a great service today. And Lord, we pray right now over the food. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless the food, that you would bless every person that brought the food, Lord God, and that you would give us a great time of fellowship in your presence, outside, inside. God, we just thank you for what you're doing here at Living Waters Chapel in every heart. Lord, we thank you. And everybody said?
Amen. All right, everyone. Enjoy yourself. Pig out, eat it all, and uh, glory to God. If you need prayer, come on up. Hallelujah. Prayer call on Tuesday, Wednesday night prayer here at 7. We're keeping this train moving in the name of Jesus.